What's up? It's Leah Vandale, but some of you might know me as Carmella. And this is what I wore when I became the SmackDown Women's Champion. Welcome to What I Wore When, a production of Glamour and iHeartRadio. I'm your host, Perry Samerton. Each week, I'm sitting down with a woman I find fascinating to talk about what she wore during a pivotal moment in her life. We're using the power of style to tell the stories you haven't heard. Hi. Hello. So I want to ask you what I ask everyone, which is, what are you wearing right now? Okay, well, right now, this is a little number. <laughs> I actually don't even know what it, what brand it is. I get Describe it from Revolve. It. I'm obsessed with Revolve. Um, it's a little white dress with black polka dots, some puffy sleeves. I'm obsessed with puffy sleeves. I love puffy I sleeves. I have a little puffy yeah, sleeve, too. Yeah, we're both matching with the puffy sleeves right now. Um, and some tan over the new boots. Um, yeah, I'm just kind of feeling a little... Um, like pinup-y right now. It's a little pinup-y. Yeah. It's also kind of warm in New York today. Yeah, so I didn't even, I packed this big, you know, furry jacket. I didn't even have to wear it. Well, so it looks great. great. <laughs> and because the name of the podcast is What I Wore When, you are going to talk about what you wore when you became the WWE's SmackDown Women's Champion. First of all, for people that don't know, will you explain what that means? Sure. So I work for WWE. I'm a wrestler, a professional wrestler. Um, and that means basically I was that bitch. Like I won. I won the title and I, so long story short, I was the very first woman to win uh, a money in the bank ladder match. So that's something that the men always do. You have to climb the ladder, catch, get the briefcase at the top of the ladder. And then inside that briefcase is a contract, which means you can cash that in any moment to become champion. And I did that. So I was the first Miss Money in the Bank and I cashed in on Charlotte Flair. I don't know if you ever heard of Ric Flair. He's oh, yeah. pretty huge yes. in pop culture. And it was Rick his Flair daughter. Drip. Yes. Um, his daughter. And I cashed in and I became SmackDown Women's Champion. And so what did you wear during that moment? Gosh, so I wanted to make sure, because I had that contract for, I think it was 287 days. It was like the longest time anyone has ever held that contract. So I knew I was going to be cashing in at some point. So I wanted to make sure I had something fabulous planned. And I had this Gucci-inspired one-piece. So basically, I started wearing this one-piece when I saw Beyonce wearing this like one-piece that was kind of after Chicago Bulls jersey. And I kind of emulated it after that. And it's this ridiculously flashy sequined uh, one piece with Gucci trim and it was way too tight on me because the fabric was like not very forgiving. So I had to make sure I had to like really suck it in and not show my butt too much because my booty was like hanging out. It was embarrassing. Um, but yeah, I was obsessed with that outfit. Did you feel powerful in it? I felt... Like I knew I was going out there just looking my best, feeling my best and I... I mean, I, that outfit I will never, ever, ever be able to get rid of or it just means so much to me because it was just the culmination of all the hard work and dedication I put into my craft of becoming a professional wrestler and um, everything just came together and I became champion and it's something that will just always, I'll never forget that feeling. So how do how do costumes work in professional wrestling? Do you get to choose what you want to wear? Do you have a stylist? Do you work with designers? Do you just your own shit? Like, how does it work? <clears throat> so everyone kind of has their their way of doing things. I like to design my own. And I kind of pick something that I emulate each, we call it gear. So wrestling gear. 
each gear after. So for example, I have one gear that I modeled after um, Cardi B's Invasion of Privacy album cover, where it's like that black and white checkered look. Um, Again, the one that I wore when I cashed in Become Champion, that was just, I love Gucci. So I wanted to model it after that. Um, Everything is pretty, for my character, pretty flashy. So like to be over the top and exaggerated, she's the princess of Staten Island. So there's always leopard print involved. No matter what, there's always leopard print. Even with the Gucci outfit, like I said, the sequel was Gucci pattern. I mean, I'm um, leopard print pattern. So your name's Leah, but your ring name is Carmela, <laughs> Carmela, which I'm obsessed with. And every time I say it to myself, I want to say it like calm, like Tony yeah, Soprano totally, says it. Totally. But what, so she's a princess of Staten Island, but what inspired this persona? So I'm actually originally from Massachusetts. So I wanted to come up with, I'm obsessed with the Real Housewives. So I wanted to come up with this New Jersey housewife, almost like mob wife character. And it was, I was in NXC, which is our developmental system for maybe a month or two. And I had already come up with this character. I'm like, I want her to be over the top and she wears fur jackets and she has an accent. And I really wanted something Italian. I grew up in a big Italian family. We did Sunday dinner. So I was like, she has to be Italian. Um, Carmela is just the perfect name and everything just kind of just snowballed from there. This is, I mean, I'm sure you get asked this all the time about professional wrestling, but is it real? <laughs> so my, if you could see right now, I have this huge bruise on my shoulder. I mean, what we do, it's it's almost like a soap opera, but the characters we play, like Carmelo, who you see in the ring, is not who I am, obviously, in real life. But what we do is very real, and um, it's very physical. It takes a lot of training, a lot of hard work and dedication. So that's why I get so um, offended when people are like, oh, it's not real. It's like, okay, well, my body, the bruises in my body and the way I'm walking around will tell you otherwise. How about the rivalries? Are those, I mean, you obviously, I'm assuming you probably have some dear friends that you work with that you have to fight? Yeah, those girls are like my sister. So if you um, watch Total D, which is our reality yeah. show based around WWE, we're like best friends backstage. And then you go out there and, and sometimes, I mean, not everyone gets along. I'm not going to lie. There are some times where things spill over into the ring and from what happens in the locker room. But for the most part, I would say 90% of our girls, you know, we're all just like a sisterhood. So you've been on Total Divas since 2017. Is that mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> Do you like doing reality TV? So I did, I was on season seven and then I didn't get asked back for season eight. So when I was on season seven, I was in a relationship at the time and he was so not about the show. He hated it. So that really hindered my experience because I felt like, oh, I can't act like this. I can't say this because he's going to get mad or whatever it may be. Um, So that was just like a terrible time in my life. It was a really bad relationship. So I just felt like I couldn't give my all to the show. And I just was so upset because I'm like, this is something that I think would be really cool to have this, you know, platform for young women and for, it's just a whole different audience from our WWE. Um, So I really was disappointed that I didn't get asked back. So then then another season came around. I was like, no, please just give me this opportunity. I really feel like I can, you know, be myself now. And I I did. I was able to open up and just be me. And it was such a fun experience. You're obviously really comfortable in front of cameras. Well, it's just so weird because when I'm playing Carmella on SmackDown, like on WWE television, I'm playing a character. But on Total Divas, it's You're just yourself. me. So for people to like come at me for just me, it's like, wow, like that's like on a whole other level of the scrutiny that we get is in the ring. Can you tell me about your signature move, which is the code of silence? <laughs> So basically, it's like a finishing move. It's a submission move. I like wrap my legs around the, the chick's head and they tap out. How did you come up with this? <laughs> 
So I'm one of the smaller girls that we have in our division. So it had to be something believable, like that I could, you know, tap someone who's maybe twice or three times my size out. So it took a lot of um, trial and error. And that's something that we just came up with. And it's a legitimate, it's not like, oh, you can pretend like it's legit. Girls who have been in MMA and they're in it, they're like tapping out right away because there's no, there's no give. Oh, shit. Yeah. sounds scary. (laughs) Honestly. It's cool. Um... So what is the worst injury you've ever had? I mean, knock on wood, I've never had a major injury. I mean, you know, there's bumps and bruises and, you you know, you feel beat up and banged up, but I've never like torn anything or broken anything. I try to be, you know, very careful. Obviously, mistakes happen and things happen, but for the most part, I've been pretty good. Is everything super choreographed beforehand or do you just kind of wing it when you're well, in the I mean, ring? when we're... I was in NXT, like I said, our developmental system for maybe two and a half years learning. I had never had any prior wrestling experience. So you have to learn, obviously, how to fall and, you know, do things in like the proper way. But things change when you're out there. You're on live television. Sometimes it's like, okay, you have five minutes for this match. And then you're out there and they say, oh, God, you only have three minutes left. Like things change. And it's like... Oh no, so like how can we adjust? And yeah, exactly. And people don't realize that. So it's the art of wrestling and being in there with someone, but also the art of adapting and doing things on the fly. And people don't realize, man, we originally had 10 minutes for this and now we have to get it down in five. How can we do that? So it's really hard. I feel like female wrestlers, when I think of female wrestlers, they're so, there's such a strength and a power. But also, I feel like there's definitely a very tangible sort of sex appeal. And so, I'm kind of wondering how you sort of straddle the line between, you know, being that powerful woman for your young fans. I'm sure you have, you know, young girls that look up to you, but also maybe keeping your male fans engaged. Like how do you, how do you work both of those angles? I think that's this weird dichotomy that we're in right now because it's all about female empowerment, right? And, you know, we're not, I just eye candy anymore. Whereas, you know, back in the day, that's what it was. They were doing bra and panty matches and it was not something I ever aspired to do. My dad was a wrestler. So I grew up watching that and was like, oh, that's not something I would want to do. And now we're in this phase where it's, all about female empowerment, the women's revolution, and we're making history. The women were the main event of WrestleMania last year. Ronda Rousey was here, and she's such an ass kicker. Um, But for me personally, I love being, like, feminine and girly and dressing cute. And um, I even had this argument with Naya on Total Divas. It was this big thing, and people were saying it was a storyline, but it wasn't. It was so real because she was saying that, I'm dressing sexy and I'm acting a certain way and that's everything we're trying to get away from. But for me, I'm like, why can't we be both? Why can't I kick ass in the ring? Why can't I be a good role model for young girls, but also embrace, you know, the sexiness and the feminine side as well? So I think it's important to have both. And there's some girls who maybe just have one or the other. I want to embrace both sides. Yeah, I mean, I'd there's argue, anything wrong with that. I'd argue that that's probably a very strong definition of feminism. Right. You know you're being what you exactly what you want to be. Right. You're making a choice. And that's me. Like, it might not work for another girl, but that's who I am and I'm embracing that. I remember vaguely, I remember like pillow fights. Is that still See, that's thing? what they used to do. Right. And that's do they why, not do that anymore? No, God, they no, we're it. so far removed from that. Now it's like the women are equal to the men. Like I said, I was the first Miss Mon... Ooh, sorry. Just, I'm getting so like passionate over here. I'm talking <laughs> with my hands. Throwing the mic around. Um, 
the women are making history. We're doing the same thing. that men. We weren't allowed to ever have ladder matches. So for me to be the first Miss Money in the Bank, that means so much to know that the women are now given this, you know, platform to be able to be equal to the men. And it's not even a big deal that we're doing these things anymore because it's just expected. It's there. We're not even, we used to be called divas. We're not divas anymore because they're, we've gone away with that term. Now we're just female superstars. That's amazing. It's awesome. So yeah. the industry has really, it really woke has. up a little bit. Totally. And I just think, especially in the athletic world in general, women, you know, with the soccer team and everyone in general just taking over, like the women right now, to, to be a lady wrestler right now, it's like the best time ever because we're just so empowered and we're given so much more than they were ever given in prior years. So I want to switch gears a little and okay. talk about um, shopping and your Ooh. personal style. <laughs> So are you a shopper? I'm such a shopper, yes. You, you love to shop. Since I was a kid, I, and I blame my grandmother because she, every single Friday night, she would take my sister and I shopping. What? Every, every Friday, Friday night? night. Oh my God. That was like a thing. And anytime I had an event or anytime I had, I'll never forget my first concert it was with Britney Spears. I was in, it was the night before seventh grade. And my, my meme, so she, they're French. She was like, well, what are you going to wear? I'm like, I don't know, just jeans and a t-shirt. She's like, no. Like, all my friends were wearing jeans and t-shirts. She took me to Limited 2 and got me these pink pleather pants. This velour zebra printed, like, button-down top with a collar, a pink pleather bandana to match my pants. And I showed up to my friend's house like, hey, like, I was feeling myself. And they're like, what are you wearing? I'm like, Yes, Grandma. (laughs) I was like, Brittany's going to notice me, pick me out of the crowd, take me on stage with her. Like... And then just because of my grandmother, I just, um, it's everything, I need a new outfit for everything because of her. Where do you like to shop? Um, I'm like a big, like Neiman's or Bloomies or Nordstrom, but I honestly prefer to shop online because I just, it's just so much easier. I'm obsessed with Revolve. Like, I feel like whatever I have an event coming up, I can just like quickly, but, and they have such quick shipping. So I'm obsessed. So a question that I ask a lot of women on the show that we've gotten some really interesting answers is when you first started to make some of your own money and started to realize like, wow, I'm actually, you know, kind of making it and kind of successful. Was there anything that you purchased that you were, I call it like a fuck it purchase, but something that you were like, I'm buying that bag. I'm buying those shoes. You know, not really. I'm, as much as I like to shop, I would say I'm pretty frugal. Like I like good deals. Like, of course I have like, you know, I bought a few like Gucci belts or, you know, things Mm -hmm. like that, but there's nothing that I've really purchased that was, you know, over the top. I, I, the first major purchase I ever made was my home. So like, other than that, I'm like, okay, I decorated my home and made it like I splurged on that rather than clothes. Do you ever think twice about buying something that you really want if it's kind of expensive? If I love it, I don't think twice. If it's something I know I like or I want, then I have to get it. But if it's something I'm on the fence, I'm like, okay, I guess I don't need it. Are you into self-care? Yes. How do you unwind after a fight? So I'm a big wino. I love to drink wine. I love... To, to be honest, as much as I love to shop and dress up, I'm so much more comfortable in sweats with like my boyfriend's t-shirt, a mask on my face and a glass of wine in my hand and I'm probably watching Bravo. And like that's basically where I feel like the most comfortable. And so in terms of makeup in the ring, 
What do you, do you do anything specific? Because I feel like you need to be using products, obviously, that don't smear and don't come off. Like, what are your secrets? Yeah, so, I mean, for being on TV, the, those lights, there's nothing more harsh than oh being God, in the crazy, ring. Right? So it's like, I'm, I love being tan. I am like getting spray tans on a weekly basis. But I feel like when I'm out there, it washes me out so crazy. So it's like you have to be over the top with the makeup and the glam. Do you do your own makeup? I don't. I usually, so I'm crazy with my makeup artist. I, I have a makeup artist in almost every city because we're in a new city every single week. Right. So I have like a, a team in like every city and the girls make fun of me at work because we have a glam team at work too, but I prefer to show up to work ready to go and focus on like my task at hand, whether it's a match or a backstage segment. So I just like to show up to work made up already. And so you grew up in Massachusetts and you already mentioned what you wore to the Britney Spears concert, but <laughs> I'm curious outside of that, how you dressed when you were young, what, oh what were you into, what were sort of the styles in your town? I'm looking at my mom, my mom's here with me. <laughs> <laughs> I, so I grew up in such a small town, I had maybe a hundred people in my graduating class. Oh, wow. Okay. So like farm town. And I was the girl that was always just like dressed to the nines. Like I love dressing up. I... My gosh. I don't like, what even, does that mean? Like, well, pink pleather pants. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, always with, like, animal print. I've always loved leopard print. I don't know why. Just always have, um, you know, chunky heels and glitter. Like, I was obsessed with the Olsen twins growing up. So, like, anything that they were wearing, that's what I was wearing. So before you were a wrestler, you were a Lakers girl and a Patriots cheerleader. <laughs> that is intense and crazy. And I want to hear about that. How how was that experience for you? It was so fun. I mean, I danced since I was three. So it was always my dream. Like my dream ideally is to be on Broadway. Like I just... Same girl. Really? Yes. Yeah. So like I just, I love performing and I love dancing. So when I graduated high school, I was in college and that's when I started cheering for the Pats. So it was like this really cool part-time job. I thought I was like the shit. I'm like, oh, I'm a Patriots cheerleader. I don't have to go to class. <laughs> Sorry, I was at the Super Bowl this weekend. I couldn't go to, I can't make class on Monday. Um, so I... That must have thrilled mom. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't even want to go to college. My mom basically forced me to go to college. I wanted to move to Fair. LA okay. and dance and college do is the whole for nine. But I'm glad I do have a college degree, so I'm grateful for that. But um, yeah, I mean, it was just so much fun. And then when I graduated college, again, I'm like, okay, now I'm going to move to LA. And that's what I did. I tried out for the Lakers. I made the team. Um, but then I kind of realized LA was not for me. Everyone was sort of have their own hidden agenda, if mm. you will. Everyone was kind of out for themselves. And being from a super small town, I'm like, I don't like this. This is not for me. I like people who are genuine, people who are real. And I made a couple of really good friends that I still talk to, and that was 10, 11 years ago. Um, but I quickly moved back home after that. Is being a professional cheerleader as competitive as sort of pop culture makes it seem? Um. That's a good question. I, f I mean, when I was cheering for the Pats, I think maybe they were like four or 500 girls that were there for the tryout. But then the Lakers in LA, it's like, Laker girls are iconic, sort of like of the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders, yeah. you know? Um, there were maybe seven, 800 girls that showed up and there were six spots open. So I was like, there's no way I'm going to make this. But I, I went out there, I flew out there on a whim, tried out, and then I ended up making it. So I'm like, cool, this is my dream. And I picked up and moved out there. Um, but yeah, super competitive. It was very like... I don't know. It wasn't what I expected it to be, especially in LA. 
During the last few years, I know that there's been, you know, professional cheerleaders coming out, sort of speaking speaking out about the double standard that they face. I know a year or two ago, I think it was a Saints cheerleader in particular who said she got fired because she posted an Instagram photo of herself in like a bodysuit or something like skimpy, which I remember looking and I was like, this isn't even that sure, skimpy, but sure. sure. But I know that I guess in the handbook, there were rules about that, but the dudes can post, you know, shirtless or whatever they want. And I'm wondering if you ever felt any of that like frustration around, because I'm sure there were rules about what you could, well, was this before Instagram? So this was before Instagram. We just had Facebook at the time because I was in college. And that was at a time when you could only have Facebook if you were in college. Right. You couldn't, like, not like my mom, no one could be on. But there was probably <clears throat> dress code rules for you. Yeah, dress code rules. And we weren't even allowed to post anything in uniform or anything at a game or anything at all that showed that we were involved with the organization. Why? I don't know. I think just because they were trying to keep it separate and they didn't even realize that the level that social media would get to. Now I see the girls that are cheering for the team and they're posting at the game, they're in their uniforms, you know, they're doing the whole nine. Whereas at that time, I think it was just such a different world. Um, So yeah, we weren't allowed to do any of that. Did you ever feel uncomfortable? I feel like a professional cheerleader, in essence, the role is to sort of look hot and entertain largely male fans. But at the same time, I do feel like professional cheerleaders are like elite athletes. Yeah. I mean, and there's this weird balance of, I mean, we know what we're there to do. The cheerleaders are there for however many years to like look hot and, you know, like you said, be entertaining for the male fans. But for me, and like I know for all my girlfriends, we just loved, A, the sisterhood we have, especially with the New England Patriots. We were just best friends, and we still are. Um, And we just loved, we traveled the world and had great times and loved to dance and perform. So, I mean, it is what it is. It's like with any business, there's good and bad. So you kind of have to... The one thing I will say is for, I feel like there's a lot of talk about like the cheerleaders not getting paid as much and things like that. But at the end of the day, what we do has no direct outcome on how well the team does. So for them to be like, that's the one thing I I can say I don't agree with, to be like, oh, the players are making, you know, millions of dollars and we're making minimum wage. Should they make more than minimum wage? Yes. But we shouldn't be making anywhere near what the players are making because we have no direct outcome you know, outcome on the game. Do so. some cheerleaders now want pay equity? Do they think <laughs> well, that they should like get paid the same? Well, I feel like there's a lot, um, from what I've seen and heard, there's a lot of girls coming out being like, well, we don't get paid for this. We don't get, well, you kind of know what you're signing up for and you're signing a contract. And if if you don't agree with that, that's totally fine, but you kind of know what you're getting into. So it's like, if you're in it and you're like, well, why aren't we getting this? Well, you knew that beforehand, you know? But at the same time, I do think that cheerleaders are way underpaid. doing my research on you, I read in an interview that you said for a long time you were super insecure about the way that you looked and sort of your body and you would look in the mirror and like not think you were thin enough. And I'm wondering, I mean, was that influenced at all by your time being a professional cheerleader? I think it was just my entire life being a dancer. You know, when you're in the dance world, everyone is like, 
it's like this pressure to be thin and be skinny. And I grew up in a very healthy household. We're always like eating healthy. My parents worked out. My dad was a boxer and a wrestler. So um, it was always like this healthy fit lifestyle. But I think the older I got, there's more pressure. And again, with social media and you have to look a certain way, be a certain way, act a certain way. It's just exhausting. I'm finally now at a point where it's like, screw it. You know, this is who I am. I am who I am. And I can't, you can't deprive yourself. You can't, you know, put that pressure on yourself because it's not sustainable. Especially in the WWE, we don't have an off season. So it's like, like, okay, we're going to work really hard for a few months and then we can take it easy. It's like, no, we're on the grind every single week, that 52 is weeks a year. Crazy. So it's impossible to like be healthy and fit the entire, like you can't just, can't be dieting all year round. It's, no. it's not healthy. How do you stay healthy when you're on the road? Or it's do you? hard. Or do it's you not? <laughs> you have to find, like, I always try to find whole foods and, you know, healthy natural markets. And I'm obsessed with egg white bites from Starbucks. So when all else fails, that's kind of what I'm doing. Or get oatmeal. And you kind of just get in your routine of, you know, you find your gyms, you get your food, you go to the building, you have your match, and then you drive to the next town. It's like this big touring circus, essentially. Is it tiring? It is. I mean, it, it really is because, like I said, we don't have an off season. I've never, knock on wood, been injured. I've never had any time off. So it's just a grind constantly. For I've been on the road four years now with no break, and it's just, it does get exhausting. But I can imagine what my life would be like if I wasn't doing this. I would be like, I'm so bored. <laughs> Do you ever go shopping in the cities oh, yes. that you visit? Constantly, like just finding like, random stores? Yes. On on my Google Maps, like, okay, where's the closest mall? <laughs> That's how I know each city is like by the mall. I feel like I would do that too. <laughs> My brother like, would okay. get so mad at me. He's like, really? You're really shopping again? I'm like, yes. <laughs> so I want to talk about your wine. Oh, yes. So tell me everything. What is it called? So it's called Capo Cogna, which means boss bitch in Italian. How did you get involved in the wine industry? So... Being a wrestler, I knew like obviously I can't I can't wrestle forever. I do want to have kids, and I don't want to have to go back to wrestling once I have a kid. I I want to find something outside of WWE that I'm passionate about. And I was really racking my brain for like so long. What do I like to do other than like sit on the couch and drink wine? I'm like, why can't I make that a thing? I love wine, and I feel like it's hard to find a wine that you really enjoy that's good, that's affordable, and makes you feel like fabulous while you're drinking it. Because I feel like okay, you get you know, these cheap wines and then it's like, oh, okay, you get this at the gas station and it's fine. But this is like really good wine and I'm not even just being biased. Like it really is. And it looks fabulous. It makes you feel good while you're drinking it and it's less than 20 bucks. So I just wanted to embrace like my inner boss bitch and, you know, for any, you know, mom or woman or dude, anyone that just wants to like feel a little bougie, but you're on a budget. This wine is for you. Because I'm not a wine snob by any means. I don't know. Like, I'm like, oh, I taste notes of oak and blackberry. Like, I don't know. Like, I know what I like, and this is what I like. No, I feel like <laughs> that's how a lot of people are. Yeah. I feel like if you are a wine snob, that's great. Sure. But I also feel like, personally, it's like a little eye-rolly. I was in a restaurant recently with a friend of mine, and we were asking about the wine, and the waitress said that you can taste the sun and the earth. <laughs> and I was like... Can you, like, really? But can you? The sun? I don't think so. So I kind of feel like, I don't know. I get get if that's what you're into, and I feel like that's an art. Exactly. And there's, you know, a niche for those people. But this is not that at all. This is just if you want to feel good, you want to feel a little fabulous, feel a little fancy. But 
like I said, it's not going to break the bank. So what kind of wine, how many types do you have? So I have a Cabernet and I have a Chardonnay right now. Are you a red or a white girl? So I started out as a red girl and I slowly started working my way into white and I really like the Chardonnay, but I'm also like a bubbly girl. I like Prosecco. I like, you know, a good rosé, which hopefully that's on the horizon at some point. But this is still like very new and we're finally getting into our first restaurant in Pittsburgh, which I'm really excited about. Um, And hopefully we'll just branch out from there. So have you been doing a lot of promotion for the wine? I have. I really have. So we just launched our website in October. So like I said, it's still very new. And I'm learning, like, I don't have, like, a team that's like, okay, this is what we're going to do. Like, it's me. And I have my wine partner who's the um, the winery. Like, it's her family's winery. <clears throat> so, and that's out in Morgan Hill, California. So, I work with her and just trying to, like, build this brand. And it's been a slow, slow pace. But I'd rather be the one that's involved and hands-on. I don't want to just be like, oh, I'll be the face of it. And you guys do all the work. It's it's much more rewarding for me. To- so you've learned a lot about the wine industry, yeah, I obviously. really have. So it's exciting. That's interesting. I admire your foresight too of being like, I don't know that I can wrestle forever. What else do I like to do? I think a lot of younger people don't think like that. So I right. think that's really cool. I think it's important. You know, you can't just put yourself in one category because... And then some people will be like, oh, well, you have to just pick one. I'm like, why? Why can't I be a wrestler? People think it's ironic. I'm a wrestler and I'm an athlete, but I also drink wine. It's like, well, why? life is about balance, you know? You're not like, like drinking in the ring. Yeah, exactly. So it's all about balance. And I like to be healthy. And also wine is antioxidant. So it's really good for you. My grandmother's like in her 80s and she drinks wine every day. So I'm like, that's goals. I hear those <laughs> stories about people in their 80s and 90s and they always ask what their secret is and it'll be like a glass of gin every day or right. a glass of wine every day. And I don't I'm want like, to be yes. 80 and be like, I wish I drank more wine. Yes, totally. <laughs> and now I want to do a really quick speed round with you. Ooh, so just okay. answer the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. 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 What's the last thing that you bought? Anything. Ooh, Coffee. Perfect. <laughs> Your first concert, you already answered that Brittany. one. So I'm going to swap in a different question, which is, what do you think is the biggest misconception people have about women in wrestling? Ooh, the biggest misconception. I guess the fact that we're, if you don't know anything about W, you would think, you know, we're these big muscular chicks that are just walking around like living this life of working out or something, you know, like people think of like China or like, you know, bodybuilders, but it's like, no, we can be feminine and kick ass too. What would be your last meal on earth? Man, there's so many. I know. I get anxiety thinking about my answer to this question because I don't know. I would definitely want to start with like some wings and then definitely pizza and anything with peanut butter for dessert. And what's your favorite TV show of all time? Friends. How do you fall asleep at night? How do you shut your mind off? And how do you just sleep? I put friends on, (laughs) to be honest. And just like lay in bed with my boyfriend and my dog. And it's just like us. Like it's our time. And I just love that. I feel like no one else in the world exists. And we're just drifting off, you know. And what era do you identify most with fashion-wise? Ooh, I would say the 60s. Why? I just feel like that was kind of like the first time women were embracing their like their bodies and being able to be sexy, you know, go-go boots. And and, and that's 70s too, but um, yeah, I just love that they're pushing the envelope. And then this isn't a speed round, but I do want to ask you, what would be your advice to a young, a young girl who 
really wants to get into pro wrestling, what would be the first thing that you would tell them? Not to listen to what anyone says, to know that if you want to do it, you can do it. Um, I didn't have prior wrestling experience. I'm a small girl. I was a dancer. I didn't come grow up wanting to be a wrestler, and I think people look at me differently because of that. Um, But I worked my ass off, and I did things in this business that people said I would never do because I didn't listen to the haters or the doubters. I just focused on what I wanted to do, and the rest is history. Was becoming a wrestler something that you wanted to do always, or did it come up sort of suddenly after you were sort of done with pro cheerleading? Well, I knew when I was done dancing, or even when I was dancing, I knew I wanted to continue to perform. I just didn't know what that would be because you can only dance for so long. There's only so many avenues you can go with dancing. And I just thought, you know, like with my dad's history in this business and the way I saw it was changing, I just felt like... It was an opportunity, and I feel like I just love a challenge. And when people tell me I can't do something, I'm like, watch me. <laughs> so that's kind of what I did. Awesome. Thank you Thank so, you so much. much. This Go was kick so fun. some ass. Thank you. <laughs> what I Wore When is a production of Glamour and iHeartRadio, with new episodes dropping every Monday. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm your host, Glamour Digital Director, Perry Samitin. Follow me on Instagram at Perry Samitin. P-E-R-R-I-E-S-A-M-O-T-I-N. Our executive producer is Allie Perry, and our producers are Glamour's Kim Fasaro and iHeart's JJ Posway. What I Wore When is engineered by Emily Marinoff and Derek Clements. Special thanks to Julie Shen and Deanna Buckman at Condé Nast. For more information on today's episode, go to glamour.com slash what I wore when.